Hey, Jess. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. Good to be with you again today, recording a podcast, and this one on an extremely interesting topic to me, because uh-huh. it fits in line with what we said at the beginning was one of the purposes of this podcast is to address some of these unquestioned answers, some of the things that we just believe as a society, but we really have no basis for believing it, mm. um, or we never know why we believe it, we just do. And so the title of the podcast today is Unfollow Your Heart, <laughs> going totally against the grain of the very loud, resounding message we get from society. If you want to be happy, you got to follow your heart. Follow your heart. <laughs> exactly. You do you. So that's what we're going to be chatting about today. Uh, but before we get there, mm-hmm. I am very excited about the snack because this is something that is so dear to my heart. I grew up eating this stuff oh. all the time. It's a type of cured meat, uh, a type of dried meat, like similar to jerky, okay. beef jerky in terms of process but in terms of flavor profile very different it's called biltong 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 is a south african product but it definitely spread all around southern africa and so i grew up in zimbabwe eating it a lot and i made this i made it with my bare hands (laughs) good for you (laughs) thank you just for you so this is your first time eating this it is this is my millionth time (laughs) eating it but i want to it is what biltong is Oh, it's, it's beef that's been cured with a type of a um, salty, spicy kind of rub on it. And then it gets dried uh, in sort of a, a sanitary way. You dry it for a few days. It kind of dehydrates. Uh, and then you slice it really thinly. And voila. So what you're saying is that this is dehydrated meat, but it's not cooked meat, right? I'm eating something raw. <laughs> I mean, what does cooked in mean at the end of the day, Jess? <laughs> it means I'm not going to get poisoned by eating biltong. That's what it means, hopefully. <laughs> You'll be fine. Okay. Just okay. eat it. <laughs> All right. Mm. It's really strong and, like, gooey and chew. But I don't know <laughs> what I feel right now. Try another piece. I'm not loving it. I'm not hating it. <laughs> I'm loving it. Hold on. Try another piece. It's definitely Maybe. meat. Hold on. It's very meaty. Hmm. I feel like it's it's going to be an acquired taste. Well, the fact that you're going back for thirds means you're kind of acquiring it. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, okay, it's it's a bit like... Too soft and too chewy, but I really like whatever you did with the spices. You know, it's got a good smell. All right. But I don't know. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm happy to hear you say that. I think if you keep eating it, you'll find it's going to really grow on you. Sure. It's fantastic. It blows beef jerky out of the water, in my opinion. True. I would say that. I don't like jerky, so this is definitely better. Oh, there you go. From Jess. (laughs) Jess. I prove that biltong is better than jerky, which you hate. (laughs) Okay, Jess, I have an introduction. You want to hear it? I do. And people out there, I Chris has been going on about this introduction. I have no idea. No, I haven't. Just go for it, man. (laughs) Jess, that's me. Today, Uh throughout the day, 
Have you ever, have you noticed your teeth? My at all? what? Your teeth. <laughs> um, I'm gonna be honest and say no. Okay, that's a good. That's the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> Why would I think about my teeth? <laughs> have well, you I, like I brushed them and flossed them, but I didn't like. No, you never thought about them though, right? No. Did you think about I don't know your elbow? What kind of intro? No, <laughs> I don't go off. This is great. About... You're you're actually doing exactly what you need to do for this introduction to work. Now, the reason that you didn't think about your teeth or your elbow or for the vast majority of your body is because there's nothing wrong with it. And with the way that our body works True. is that if there's nothing wrong with our body, if it's not hurting or broken and, or dysfunctional in some way, it never draws attention to itself. That's true, yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's only when there's, it's only when there's something wrong with a part of our body that our attention is drawn to it, mm -hmm. uh, that there's pain mm -hmm. that's caused by it. You know, if you are just doing, if you're just chewing food the way you normally chew food, you're never going to notice your teeth. But if you have a little cavity uh, yeah. or something wrong, all of a sudden there's going to be pain that's drawing your attention to that area. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some kind of discomfort that's drawing your attention to that area to say, hey, something's wrong, something needs to be fixed. Now, Why is it that we cannot get through a day without our ego drawing attention to itself? Snap! Okay! <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, snap! Okay. <laughs> does it maybe mean that there's something wrong with our ego? Hmm. There's, what, ego? Like, problem. break that down. Like, what do you mean? Like... <laughs> Uh, our sense of self that's what the ego is ah, yeah it's our uh, our sense of identity so are our you saying that if i think about myself a lot perhaps there's something wrong with me <laughs> i think the fact that we do think about ourselves a lot shows that there's something wrong with us hmm. the fact that we can't get through a day without being kind of a little bit offended by something mm. or a little bit hurt by something um, or feeling a little bit uh, puffed up by something, a little bit needy about one thing yeah. or another. Yeah. All throughout the day, constantly, we are battling with a sense of getting our feelings hurt or grappling with a sense of insecurity. And it goes to show, I believe, that there's something deeply wrong mm. inside of us. Mm -hmm. There's something dislocated and out of place. And the fact that it's so sensitive and so easily hurt and so easily made worse is for the, because of the fact that our heart, let's call it, instead of calling it ego, let's just call it our heart. Okay. Okay. Our right. heart is kind of, there's something wrong with it. Mm. The fact Now that, that you're saying like that this is like an ongoing all day thing, I'm thinking of like the word chronic, like it's like a chronic heart mm. condition. Um, <laughs> We have chronic heart conditions. We yes, I love it. We should put a cardiologist on this podcast and they'd be like, what? <laughs> they would just shut us down. <laughs> yeah. But the, I think that that is a really good place to start mm. when we're talking about not following your heart mm. or unfollow your heart. Yeah, yeah. We are in a very interesting place as a society in which we think that the way to live right is to do what, do what you want to do. 
Yeah. And to have a really high regard for self. Yeah. For self-importance, for self-worth. Um, and what are some of the things you've heard? Like some of the messages that you've heard, even this week or, or recently that you can think of? I mean, I just think of like, you do you and like, you know, I saw this mm-hmm. thing on TikTok one time with like this person going on about like this certain diet and like giving a million reasons why this diet was actually harmful to the human body. But at the end of the day, they're like, oh yeah, like it's, it's a, it could be, like there could be something medically wrong with you, but if you don't want to change, you don't have to. And it's like, what? Like, what is the point if you tell me that there's something wrong if, like, if you're going to tell me to just follow my heart at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, also, can I read out a post that I saw um, this week and that... I would love you to. Yeah? Okay, I'm not going to say it's from who, but it's by, like, this YouTuber influencer that I love to follow, but I was against what she was saying here. She was like, the easier you are on yourself... The stronger you become, negative self-talk does nothing but break you down. So whisper a kind word. You're beautiful, smart, kind, witty, and worthy. And what really, I mean, it, it doesn't sound awful, but listen to this no, again. No, it doesn't. The easier you are on yourself, the stronger you become. <laughs> um, LeBron James would shut us down. Do you think that he got to where he is today by like being easy on himself? Like, come on, like we can't. <laughs> We're living in this society where, like, on Twitter and Instagram, people are like, you know what, like, don't don't offend anyone, and whatever you do, like, take care of yourself, and don't be mm. too hard on yourself. But if I'm not hard on myself, how am I supposed to grow, you know? Like, if I never, mm-hmm. if I never um, look honestly at myself and, like, think of the things about myself that I need to change, you know, how am I going to experience positive change in my life? People are like, no, you're perfect just the way you are, and you can do mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. People who made it to incredible places in their life, they're, they're people who had to apply discipline and who had to get up and do things that were uncomfortable. And so it's almost as if we're, we're softening people up and we're telling them that in order to have a good life, you need to treat yourself really kindly all the time and it really irritates me but then again like i'm broken too so i i've probably had moments but i fully those lies so yeah <laughs> i think you're absolutely right i think we've the pendulum has swung in a really far in another direction what we've combated is in the past a more traditional sense of um how to be good or how to be uh productive is to have a really low sense of self Mm -hmm. like to really think little of yourself uh kind of you know think of yourself as as worthless because in their mind um a lot of traditional cultures today would say that the problems with society are caused by people having too high a a regard for self that's true things like pride um you know are the cause of a lot of the problems in society Mm -hmm. and what we've done is we've gone the opposite direction of saying no 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 no. what really causes issues in society is not too high a regard for self but too low a regard for self so like low Mm self-esteem self-pity you know the reason there are things like uh, abuse or drug addiction um, or you know uh, different kind of mental health issues is because of people's low, low self-esteem. Okay. And so what we need to do is, is build people up and puff people up, and that will solve uh, a, lot of, a lot of society's problems. You know what the problem, though, is? is it's, it's actually not very scientific. Okay. It, 
what's coming back more and more, and look, that's going to be a huge undertaking to try to undo because that thinking has infiltrated every level of society. This idea that the root cause behind a lot of problems is low self-esteem. But what's coming back is sort of survey, I mean, study after study that's being shown now that low self-esteem really doesn't cause a lot of the things that people thought it caused. Mm. And in fact, a lot of the things that we point to as being caused by low self-esteem, the opposite is true. Maybe it's high self-esteem that's causing these things. Maybe it's that ego thing, right? And like, for instance, a study came out not that long ago that uh, looked at bullying, and they found that contrary to public opinion and perception, bullies actually exhibit a really high sense of self-esteem. Mm. And that doesn't mean that bullies are good. <laughs> like, they shouldn't. They have too high a, a sense of self-esteem. Right, they think right. too much of themselves. But we've always thought that bullies had a low sense of self-esteem. The reason they bullied is because they secretly felt bad about themselves. Yeah. Actually, we're finding the opposite to be true. Bullies have a really great sense of confidence about themselves and a great sense of importance, albeit misplaced. Right. I don't know. Like, I feel like as like as much as I hear what you're saying, like, I don't want I don't want people to think that, you know, you need to. Because I think there is a place for realizing, hey, like poor attachment and low self-esteem, that can cause bigger problems down the road. But I think what's bad is that when we, you know, that's the only thing that's wrong with you. And once we Mm. fix that, once we give you a higher ego, once you start thinking that you're better than everyone else, then everything's going to be going well (laughs) for you. And it's like, no, like, and and I love how you said, like, swing the pendulum. Like, we don't want to swing in one or or the other direction basically we want to yeah. um yeah not go to an extreme or the other because yeah well, like, we're kind of stuck mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like all we have is these two options mm-hmm. it seems like all we have is either an inflated or a deflated ego okay and are you because saying I, that both of them <laughs> are not <laughs> are great bad the the yeah 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 our cure for low a low regard for themselves for yourself is pride mm-hmm. and both self-deprecation and pride are both going to kind of harass you at some point. They're not, they're not good for you. Mm-hmm. Neither of them are going to lead you to just a happy, healthy, full life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I postulate is that actually what we need is not to think more of ourselves or to think less of ourselves. What we need is to think of ourselves less. What? You're just saying we the need... same thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on. Listen okay. now. We don't need to think more of ourselves or think less of ourselves. We need to think of ourselves less. Kind of not putting ourselves at the center? Exactly. Okay. Bang on. That's it. We need to stop putting ourselves at the center of our lives. Oh. Going back to the beginning illustration, our hearts have problems with them. And if we allow ourselves to just simply live out of our own hearts, live out of our sense of uh, determining our own value or letting our Mm. value be determined by society around us, the the brokenness within that is going to rear its head and we're going to be pulled in all kinds of unhelpful directions. Mm. Like what is it that we say when people, if someone comes to you and, and they 
expressed to you that they feel really judged by other people and they feel like what other people think about them is really hurting them and really harming them. What is it that we would say to a person like that? We would say, you need to stop caring what other people think about you. You only need to care about what you think of you, right? Yeah. We would say... Yeah. Oh my, oh, Chris, I had this conversation today with someone. <laughs> Not that it was a bad conversation, but I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah what you're saying, like I'm, I'm hearing it. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's our cure. You know, stop mm. thinking about what other people think about you. Just care about what you think about you. You know, you be just the, put yourself at the center. Just be yourself. Make sure that you know you're living up to your own standards. That's all that you need to do. And the issue with that is that our ego is essentially a black hole. Our sense of worthiness. Every day we're going to fill it with something, and when we go to sleep at night, we're going to wake up and it's going to be empty again. Yeah. Every day we're going to be pouring stuff out. We're going to be feeling that sense of, I need to live up to something. I need to prove something. I need to be something to ourselves. Even if we're not living up to other people's standards, we have this innate sense that I need to prove something in life or innate sense that we're not living up to some internalized standard that we have. And so we constantly feel like we're being judged even if it's just by, by ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. yeah, we're constantly feeling like we're on display. We need to be validated, but the trial is never over. The verdict never comes. Mm-hmm. And people like your the person you brought up earlier, LeBron James, other incredibly famous people, would all say very much the same thing. No matter how successful you get, it's never enough. Like you never mm-hmm. feel like you've made it. Like it's never feel like you you like, okay, now I can just, relax now i now i have now i am somebody there's always going to be something more that you need in order to find that thing and so what i want to say is the truth that we're looking for the freedom that we're looking for isn't found in following your heart so that's why you need to unfollow your heart It's, (laughs) it's found in forgetting yourself and I'll have to say I'm really indebted to a book by Timothy Keller here, The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness. It's an amazing, small, tiny little book, easy to get through. Uh, Highly recommended. He speaks about this idea about, you know, we have a very sort of self-obsessed society and all about kind of like following your dreams and and living your true life and whatever, whatever, whatever. It's very self-obsessed. And what it creates within us is either a sense of arrogance or a, a sense of thin-skinnedness. Whatever it is, it's either a product of an inflated ego or a deflated ego. But the problem is we're never really filled up with something solid. We're never filled up with something that's actually meaningful because we're constantly trying to create meaning. And the, the true mark of humility, of really being a humble person, isn't that you think that you're not that skilled or competent or talented. Or like that low self-esteem. Exactly. We would often say, oh, a humble person is someone who doesn't think they're really that great or doesn't Mm -hmm. speak as if they think they're really that great. A truly humble person is actually someone who who really just doesn't think of themselves all that much because Mm -hmm. they're thinking about other things. They're thinking about other people. 
Exactly, yeah. Like if you were to really meet a humble person, you wouldn't walk away from that conversation thinking, oh, that person is really humble. They, you know, they really are down on themselves. They really don't think much of themselves. You wouldn't notice their humility at all. What you would notice by walking away from that conversation is, wow, that person was really interested in me. They were really interested in finding out about my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mark of humility. Yeah. When we're not really... I think... Yeah, you go. Sorry. Do, do you think, though, that... Because I'm glad that you're bringing up humility, but I'm like, do you think people aspire to be humble? Because I feel like we made a big leap from this self-obsessed society to now humility. Like, I don't... I don't I do know people who are humble, but I find like as a society, sadly, we're not trying to be humble. It's not Mm. something that we're pursuing. And I just want to know your thoughts on that. No, I think that we're going very much in the opposite direction. I think the self-esteem moment, self-esteem movement is really just, like I said, all we have to combat low self-esteem is pride. Is higher. Yeah. Yeah. Pride. Exactly. Uh, Rather than self-forgetfulness, which is Mm. what we should Mm -hmm. be doing. Because at the end of the day, you know, what's going to help you is to take your eyes off yourself. Because until you do that, you're never going to be able to enjoy anything you have without making it a competition, without looking Mm -hmm. at the person next to you and and judging your life by their life, your success by their success. You're just going to be looking at the competition, looking at the ladder. Humility is realizing there is no ladder. Like we're all kind of the same. And, you know, you therefore can be totally satisfied with things going on in your life and enjoy them for what they are without the need to compare them against somebody else's or even Mm -hmm. to compare them with your own sense of what I should be doing or what I ought to be doing. Because you just don't have that kind of thought going in your brain anymore. And the reason... Sorry. Yeah, I guess you're at a point where your heart is content with like where you're on. Not that your heart is like, um, oh, what's the word? Oblivious? Like mm. you're not saying like, oh, everything in the world is okay. But it's like, hey, like I'm at a place where I don't think I'm the best person who ever lived. I don't think I'm the worst person who ever lived. But I'm okay with who I am and who God tells me I am. And so, yeah, yeah, that contentment there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say it is a contentment but it's a contentment that's not even like I'm okay with who I think I am. It's a contentment with saying I'm okay with who God says I am. Mm. Like Paul says in, in first Corinthians chapter four, I think it's chapter four, but anyway, he says, I don't even judge myself. He says, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. He says, you know, I I care very little for what other people think about me, but I care very little for what I think of me, you know. It's this amazing sense of self-forgetfulness that he has. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if, like, he has different priorities. Instead of, like, judging himself by either his society's standards or his own standards, he's like, I'm not not really buying into that, Mm. if that makes sense. And the reason he's able to do that is because... The trial, the verdict that we're all looking for, the, the validation that we're all seeking, for Paul and for every single Christian, it's already in the past. The verdict has come in. The trial's over. 
we have been declared righteous by God. Mm. And so we don't perform to get the verdict. We have received the verdict and now we live our life. Mm. And so if the trial's over, if you've already been declared righteous, that fills your heart. You're not yeah. chasing after something anymore. You're not trying to prove anything anymore. It's far, it's far in the past for you. That's why Paul can say, you know, Paul can say in one place, uh, you know, I'm the chief of sinners. He says that. Yeah, yeah. He has a very high regard, a high view of his own brokenness. And in other places, he can say, you know, that he fully expects to be embraced by Christ. You know, he fully expects to to be welcomed in. And so he has this sense of, on the one hand, this really high sense of self, high self-esteem. And on the other hand, I'm the chief of sinners, really low sense of self-esteem. But we realize, like, that's the wrong language. He has an accurate view of himself, but it's all based in the past. He's saying none of that really, none of that chief of sinners stuff really, that's not my identity anymore. Okay. The trials in the past, it's done, it's over, it's finished. Mm-hmm. And I think that frees us up to forget about ourselves. To be I'm really to... glad that you used, um, like, that frees us up. Because as you were saying, um, as you were talking about, like, Paul and everything, I really thought of the word freedom. Mm. Um, if there is no verdict or there's no standard to go after, then I'm free. Yeah. You know, I'm free to take my eyes off of myself. I'm free to not place myself at the center. So Exactly. Yeah. So you can do one thing or another thing. You can do nothing or something. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not about you at the end of the day. None of it's exactly. going to be about you anymore. It's actually going to be about Christ. Mm. And our life becomes about living for him. And this is where I want to bring up the the Bible verse for today, Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse, I believe it's verse 31. Excuse me, I've got to find it again. We shall see. Oh, it's actually verse 39. Excuse me. Matthew 10, 39 says this, Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so Jesus is talking, calling us into a type of life in which we lose, we lose ourselves, we lose our life, and in the process find it. And John Stott says this, uh, True self-denial is self-discovery. We do not begin to find ourselves until we have become willing to lose ourselves in the service of Christ and others. Mm-hmm. There's this beautiful truth to the gospel that kind of is you are getting in the way of yourself. And when you take yourself off of the, the throne Center. of your life, yeah. the dry, out of the driver's seat, and allow Christ to occupy that space and to simply begin... Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. You're actually on a process of self-discovery because now the things about your life rather than using them as a constant competition or a constant sense of trying to prove something by them you're actually just living them out 
and you can enjoy them and they can just be expressed and they're expressed in the way they were meant to be expressed which is in service to God and so there's none of these negative emotions attached to it anymore there's not the sense of worth attached to it or the sense of competition attached to it you just are free to be you know the person God made you to be and so and it's funny how you can become that person without um you know you would think like okay if I want to be who God made me to be like then you know what do I have to do type of thing mm -hmm. but where 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 all of that gets reversed is like, no, you don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. The verdict has already been pronounced. So Exactly. And that's where the Christian identity is so radically different to the rest. Right. People Very will think different. like, oh, the Christian identity is just sort of like, yeah, you, you live according to the Christian ideals and then one day maybe you'll get to heaven. Like, no, 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 that's not it at all. Mm. We're saying as a Christian, you have been bought with a price. Like your verdict has already been pronounced as righteous and innocent. And now out of that verdict, you begin to live. There's a hugely different identity from someone who's trying to make it to someone who's already made it. Right, right. And who's living in gratitude about the fact. That exactly. Gratitude and freedom of that fact. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. So instead of follow your heart, I think the, the way that we as Christians should live is relive the gospel. Wow. Like remember and relive the gospel every time you pray, every time you open your word, the word of God, every, every day you, you remember, you relive the gospel. The fact that your identity is secure, the verdict has been given to you already. And you are then given the blessing of this self-forgetfulness. This ability to let, let go of trying to prove anything, trying to live up to even your own standard, trying to follow some ethereal sense of what might make you happy, and instead live out of the gratitude of a life purchased by God. Live out of the fact that you know, the, the person whose opinion matters the most considered you worth dying for. Exactly. Yeah. That's the identity that we live out of. That's a hugely different kind of identity. Yes. yes. So this is the product of a supernaturally changed heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk about at the beginning, our heart's broken, our heart's dysfunctional. The way that we actually begin to bring healing to it is by having a supernaturally changed heart. There's mm -hmm. nothing in the world around us that can produce this kind of inner peace and sense of, uh, humility, quite like the beautiful rock-solid news of Jesus and what he has done. Yeah. And, yeah, that's why, that's, that's my soapbox for today. <laughs> that's your unfollow-your-heart moment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's one of those things that's frustrating. I hate those follow-your-heart messages uh, right. because I think that they have such, they're so unhelpful but they're packaged in such a way that seems so either beautiful slash uh, like benign. Like you think, oh, there's nothing wrong with that kind of a message. And perhaps mm. it's good that there's more of that it's in the world. It's an unquestioned answer exactly. or something. We just like kind of 
approve of with our relief thinking about what it means. Yeah, yeah, but you're following something that really has a track record of leading you to some pretty broken places and exactly. constantly in need of repair, constantly in need of something. It's, it, it's, it's a black hole. It's hungry within you. Nothing has seemed to satisfy it to this point in life. It's a dangerous thing to follow. It <laughs> you is, know? yeah. It's yeah. a far better advice to actually just turn to Christ and to yes. find the beautiful freedom that he offers us instead. Yeah, yeah. You know? Cool. Well, I'm thankful for your soapbox moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thankful that I had an audience to listen to, even okay. if it was just an audience of Jess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the end of the podcast for today. I want to encourage if anyone has any questions or wants to reach out to us for any reason, please do so. We'd be happy to hear from you. Uh, there should be ways you can do that in the show notes. Uh, and until next time, uh, have a great week. God bless you. Take care, we'll see guys. See you again. See ya.